joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God is Let's all pray for Sarah, okay? Jesus, we just thank you for um, raising up different voices in our community, that it's not, uh, it's not a community based on one person's vocal gift, and we don't want to be that. We want to be a community that shares the opportunity to speak and serve through preaching. And so I just thank you for Sarah. I thank you for Jordan. I thank you for Bill. I thank you for Jen and all the people that have been sharing. And I just pray specifically today that you would just let Sarah just go after it and, and go where you're leading her and to be who you've called her to be and to... No performance, but just out of the, the depths of her heart, what you've planted. And we just thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Not Okay, so I have to go up. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this, and I'm going to do this. This is really weird, though. <laughs> I might have to come down. Sorry, guys. Well, no, that's okay. I just feel really high up, but that's okay. All right, guys, deep breath in with me. <sighs> okay, let's pray. I'm going to pray more for me than for you because Josh just prayed. Um, Jesus, um, I breathe in your breath of life. I breathe in your presence, your Holy Spirit. Um, I thank you that the weak are made strong in your love, and I cling to that right now as my strength. Um, Lord, I just pray that the words that come forth from my heart my mind and my studying would be the words for this community and that the things that don't need to be said, the things that are mine, um, that you would let them hide away. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys. I'm so passionate about this, um, this topic, and I was thinking this morning, trying to calm down my nerves, how privileged I am to just get to talk out of my heart and of what I'm passionate about. And so we are talking about disciples making disciples, and it's the third part of our vision. And it's really important for us right now to be kind of fleshing out these concepts, to make these things. When you see this on the walls, it's our responsibility to make this tangible for you. Um, right now, we're a year old, and we're still, we're still creating culture here. We're still figuring out who we are. And I like to think of it as you're baking, and you roll out cookie dough, and you pick out a cookie cutter. And so let's say it's a little bear, okay? We have the cookie cutter, and we are slowly going to fit into that shape. 
And so right now what we're doing is we're presenting that shape to you and saying, here's, here's what we believe or we know that God wants us to look like. And then as we grow, we're going to fill that out. So we don't have all the answers. We don't know exactly what it looks like, what discipleship looks like at River City Church. But we're going to vision cast and we're going to say, this is the outline and this is what we're going for. Um, so that's, that's what we're doing. Um, I'm going to read the text that Josh, um, this is sort of our master text of this series, and it's Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And it says this. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And so if you're me, you have to just stop and just sort of like imagine this scene that here's Jesus, um, and he's spending these last days with the people most precious to him, and these are his words. So when you can, like, get the picture, it gets so much more powerful. Um, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore. Therefore tells you what it's there for. You guys ever hear that trick? Because all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus, you can go. Because I have been given all authority, you go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Um, and so as we, we've taken this verse and we're like, ah, oh, what does this mean for North American church? Um, we believe it means that discipleship happens in community. We pursue the life of Christ in the context of community. We said that disciple, the literal translation is learner. But if you like break apart the root, it actually means someone who learns and it's accompanied by endeavor. So it's this idea of learning attached with conduct. We've come to say that a disciple is someone who is like Christ in character and in conduct. So you get the idea of the inward and the outward flow. Um, Josh spoke last week, and we, we, ha- we just talk about this all the time at home. Like, we will shout community to the ends of the earth. We are so passionate about it. But we were talking about how discipleship never happens outside of community. It never does in Scripture. So that community is extremely important to the process of discipleship. And we are almost like a village. So you, you sort of get a better idea of what that means, community means, when you think about a village. So we are like a village and we do this together. That's really hard in America. It's really, really hard. And so it's good to sort of know the culture we live in and the obstacles so that we can push through those obstacles. And Josh said, I wasn't here, unfortunately, but make the first step, right? Do something. Just make a step towards community. Um, And so before I sort of finish out my talk today, we're going to give you guys a chance to make that step. And so... Next week, Jordan's talking about life groups, which have a slightly different mission, but we're going to intro our discipleship groups right now, Um, and discipleship groups are different than life groups in that they have sort of a specific focus, so it could be maybe gender-specific, age-specific, topic-specific, but the whole idea is that it's a duration of time, so it's a shorter period of time, and you can sort of choose what to do and go in and out of them. So I'm going to ask Linda if she will come up and talk a little bit about her discipleship group. Do I have another? Uh, My name is uh, Linda McGrow, and I'm going to lead the Wellness City Discipleship. 
prayer, and this group is about overall um, health and wellness. Some activities will include cooking and nutrition classes. We're going to focus on fitness. We'll do hikes, um, biking, trail walks, and we'll also have guest speakers. We'll have experts come to talk about preventing illnesses and diseases. We'll do um, healthy shopping tours, and we'll do a lot more. We plan to launch on Saturday afternoon on September 25th at the Tompkins Home in Marietta. And we're going to do cooking and a nutrition class. There's going to be a small fee just to cover the, the food cost. And we'll also plan for the next event and then close the night with healing prayer. Um, our group will only meet once a month. Um, and we're also going to sponsor a larger group event for the public each quarter. Um, we have high hopes and great expectations, mm -hmm. and if you're interested and have any questions, come and see me. Thank you very much. Thanks, Linda. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that that group has sort of like a dual purpose. You know, it's growing together, but then it's also opportunities for the community. All right, so Lee and Emily, if you will come up. Do you want me to give them a mic? I don't know how the sound is out there. All right, so I'm Lee, and this is Emily, and we are going to be leading a, as of right now, unnamed discipleship group. Um, however, we are going to be focusing on equipping the body to witness outside of the church um, to people maybe who have different worldviews and are of a different, subscribe to a different belief system. Um, so we're going to be not only focusing on uh, learning about other religions, but also on really dialing in on what it is that we believe, um, learning exactly where we have any misconceptions or have any roadblocks to, to reaching out to people who don't follow our belief system. Yeah, um, I'm really excited about this. I'm really passionate um, about this subject. And so our goal really is to be led by Holy Spirit on this. Um, and so whoever's interested in it, we'd like to pray. Um, and then the next week and following, we'll dive into subjects um, with people that are in your own lives right now that God's calling you to form a relationship with. Um, I don't, we don't believe that the church as a whole right now focuses a lot on um, relational evangelism. And that's really what this is, is partnering with somebody else and learning how to communicate your beliefs and loving on someone. So anything else? That's it. Good. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Um, Josh, will you come up and, um, okay. And so Josh and I, we are actually going to lead a discipleship group this fall. And so we're going to, I just spilled a whole cup of coffee on a first time guest. I wish so, you guys could have seen this he happening. Said, he said, I didn't know today we were doing baptisms. I was like, <laughs> So sorry. <laughs> it's the worst thing that could ever happen. So our discipleship group is going to be, we prayed and we felt like, I literally, here's how it happened for me. God, do you want us to do a discipleship group? I felt like I was saying you need to go deep. The next day I got an email from someone who's on my prayer shield that said, I've just been listening this morning and praying and I feel like the Lord said it's your, it's your time to go deep. So we started talking. We felt like that was confirmation. So we're going to be jumping into Spiritual Disciplines by Richard Foster and then actually at our house jumping into the deeper things. So there's going to be worship, prayer for one another, and then this topic each week. And it's possible we're throwing around at the end doing a spiritual retreat mm -hmm. for a couple of days. Maybe if we like you guys enough. Um, 
it's all up to you. So, uh, but we'd love for maybe 12 to 15 people to join in, and it would be a weekly thing. So, Amen. thanks. You could do that. Um, and so, really, you guys be praying um, about what you feel like the Lord is calling for you to do. Um, next week, you'll hear about life groups. But um, I was talking with Rachel before church. We were just saying how we feel like there's just a lot of really great opportunities for us to press into community. Um, and you'll see really based on my talk where Josh and my group is sort of coming from, this place that it's coming from. But we definitely feel the Lord um, calling us to go deep. Um, so we will have more information about those. We're going to get something put up in the connections, connections room. We're going to get a sheet. We'll get the dates and all that for you. So don't get panicked if you didn't hear all the information today. But um, So when we talk about discipleship, I just... I really started praying, I've been praying about this forever, and just, Lord, what does this look like for us? Um, and I began to realize that um, discipleship for me um, is really a process of spiritual formation, um, which we don't hear that term a lot. If you grew up evangelical, you might not be familiar with that term, but this is what it means. Spiritual formation is increasing in intimacy with Jesus Christ and maturing in Christ-like character and conduct in the context of a loving Christian community. So you're starting to hear sort of like the same language, right? But we pursue this process in community. Um, that's what we do. And for me, as I was like, what, the spiritual formation, it's like very like oh, out there, but how do I like grab it? Like how does it become practical? So I said, Lord, what, what do you have for our community? Like where do you want us to go as far as discipleship? And I felt like he said, discipline. Now granted, part of that word was for me personally, um, but I believe that word is for us. It's for River City. And I believe he wants us to be people of discipline. Um, and immediately want to be like, no, because it sounds like rigid and maybe legalistic and religious. We're like discipline. Um, and I'm so glad we have the football team here because we're going to talk about it in a minute. Like these guys need discipline. Like they've got games coming up. They have to be disciplined, right? That's like core Core to teamwork is discipline. And so let's not like sit over here and so shun discipline that we lack, um, we lack what we need to press on into the Christian life. Um, so I believe discipline is our word for River City. And ask the Lord. Ask, ask him to confirm it in, that, in your heart. Um, Henry Nowen, a writer who I love, says this. In the spiritual life, the word discipline means the effort to create some space in which God can act. Discipline means to prevent everything in your life from being filled up. Discipline means that somewhere you're not occupied and certainly not preoccupied. In the spiritual life, discipline means to create that space in which, in which something can happen that you hadn't planned or counted on. I think that definition is so on point um, for us. Um, and so I'm going to kind of present this to you today, but I believe we say we're to be disciplined, that disciplined is the way of Christ. That is the way Christ lived. Disciplined is the way of the historical church. If you could zoom out and take a blur the lines of all different traditions and ways that we practice our faith, if you could run it back to the time of Christ and run it up to now, I believe disciplined is the way of the, of the Christian church. And then I believe it's the way of the free. And it sort of seems like a paradox, like discipline doesn't seem very free, but I'm going to argue that I believe it's, it's the way to live free. 
Um, so it's the way of Christ. And I want to just give you guys a couple of examples. Um, the first, immediately I thought of was Jesus' 40-day fast. Like He gets baptized right into the wilderness, 40-day fast. Talk about disciplined. Like I just think of a 40-day fast, and I get like my body starts shutting down just literally thinking about it. So imagine a 40-day fast, add temptation on top of that. Like That's discipline. And that's in Matthew 4. Um, in Matthew 14, 23, I'm actually going to read this because... I just feel like it's so beautiful. Um, So um, Jesus has just fed the 5,000. So imagine like the chaos of that scene. Imagine feeding 5,000 people and you being sort of like the star of the show, what, what those people are needing from you. And it says, immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And I'm like, that is discipline. Sunday after church, I just really want to lay on the couch and like watch TV, (laughs) you know? Like after we have a full day, we're like, woo, we just got to decompress. And Jesus immediately goes to pray. I just feel like that's so beautiful. Um, But Jesus was not only disciplined as far as his personal life, he was disciplined in community. So there were sometimes he would press through his fatigue to be disciplined to be with people. And in John 4, 5, and 6, we see this beautiful, revolutionary story of Jesus and the woman at the well. You guys know this story, hopefully. Um, And in John 4, 5, and 6, it says, So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well because he knew someone was coming. So he was disciplined enough to press into community. Um, And then this is the ultimate example. He was disciplined unto the cross. Um, You know his, his cry of anguish in the garden, like, God, take this cup for me, but yet not my will, but thine. Like, I will press in, I will discipline myself unto the cross. And it's become the picture of us as believers. And Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And in that moment when Jesus begins to compare the life of a disciple of Christ with with picking up a cross, he's creating imagery for us. And he is saying, this requires discipline. This requires self-sacrifice. This requires, in a lot of ways, denial of yourself. Um, And so if you ever thought that the way of Christ was the American dream, it's not. It's not. And it's so hard to live the way of Christ in America. It's so hard. But that's not what we're made for. That's not what we strive for. And a lot of times I feel like growing up, I was taught how to be a good American. Like the way of Christ is really being a good American. But the way of Christ is not being a good American. The way of Christ is the cross. We daily pick up our cross to follow him. And sometimes it looks like culture that goes this way. 
and kingdom goes this way. And I have to be disciplined to do it because otherwise I'm just coming over here because this is what looks like everyone else is doing and this looks right. So discipline is the way of Christ. And that, when we say disciples making disciples, we mean Jesus is discipling us and then we're discipling others, right? So if that is who's discipling us, like that's where we're going. That's, that's what we're called to. Um, and so then I'm like, okay, well, that's the way of Jesus. So how did, how did the people of God do this? Um, and so I, for me, I really, really love finding things that are common to all of the different branches of the Christian faith. I'm not, like, I'm not someone that likes to land in one camp. I don't want someone to tell me this is who you are as far as your tradition. I like to be like hovering, you know. I like all different things. Um, and so I believe that the, the church really found some like ways to practice their faith. Um, but I'm going to tell you why. So in Romans 7 and 8, Paul talks about the struggle between the flesh and the spirit. Um, and actually I have it written here, so I'll just read this. All right, so in verse 19 of Romans 7, Paul says, For what I do is not the good that I want to do. No, the evil I don't want to do, this I keep on doing. Verse 22. For in my inner being, so you can think of this idea of like the soul, the inner being, I delight in God's law. Like there's a part of me that has been wakened up by the Holy Spirit, and I really, really, really do delight in God's law. But there's another law at work at the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. And then I'm going to jump to Romans 8, 5. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. And we could read that. Like, let's say we read that verse in our devotion time, and we're like, yes, it's so beautiful. It's so good. And then we're sort of like not really told how to do that. You know, it's like, how do you do that? How do you set your mind on the things the Spirit desires? Well, it was a little bit different back then because in, in this church, in the first century church, a lot of them were coming out of sort of Hebrew culture, and they sort of practiced disciplines culturally. They, every day, it says in Acts 2.42 that every day they went to the temple courts. So it was like part of a thing, like, let's go up to the church together, and let's celebrate together, and let's have feasts together, and let's get into each other's homes and read the word and sing, which is beautiful. But in a lot of ways, they just sort of naturally fell into, like, the rhythm of the disciplines, where for us, again, in America, we have to, like, rearrange the way we do life. If you want to do community, you have to rearrange the way you live. You have to create margin. You have to create space to do community. You can't just be about yourself and your agenda. So we do the same thing. We have to, like, rearrange. For me, the idea of spending time with God growing up was called quiet time. Go like this if, that's, if you've heard that. Okay. So my parents were, bless their heart. <laughs> no, I love them. They raised me in in the fear of God, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, but so they were, like, really, really intent on me having my quiet time. So I remember in the summer, like, getting up and wanting to, like, go out and play, and they are like, wait, did you do your quiet time? And I was like, dang it, i got to go do my quiet time. So it became, like, this thing I had to do in order to, like, do the rest of my day. And then as I've gotten older, I'm like, that just doesn't feel quite right for me, especially now. I have three little children. There is no quiet time ever. <laughs> Like, I have to wake up in the middle of the night, and then there's probably still not quiet time because I have, like, kids laying on my floor. So quiet time just isn't really doable for me anymore. 
So I've shifted and I've begun to think of the idea of how do I practice the presence of God all day long? Is there only one way to do this? Like I read and I pray and I'm like, good, I'm done. Because that's sort of all I grew up in. But I've realized that there are tons more ways to practice our faith. Many, 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 many ways that saints and believers for 2,000 years have practiced their faith. And these are called the classical disciplines. Um, And you'll find sort of different ones in every tradition. But the classical disciplines sort of are the ones that overlap. And then you can like dabble. Like I've started to like look all over the place and say, what do I feel can bring discipline to my life and how can I practice it? Um, And Richard Foster, who is actually the author of the book that we're going to do in our discipleship uh, group, says this. The classical disciplines of the spiritual life call us to move beyond surface living into the depths. They invite us to explore the inner caverns of the spiritual realm. They urge us to be the answer to a hollow world. And so I wonder, um, have you ever like felt this sense of longing? Like you, you don't really have the words for it, but like something will trigger it in you. Um, for me, when I watched the movie Pride and Prejudice... They laugh. It's my favorite movie. Don't mock it. When I watch that movie, something goes like this in me. Like, something flutters deep in my spirit. And I'm like, there's this sense of longing. There's a sense of craving beauty. When I go for a walk outside or for a hike, there's something in me that awakens and is craving something more. Jen Pinto recently sent me an article about um, some tribes in Africa and the way that they do life. And I was crying reading the article. Something in me went, ugh, this is what I want. This is the way I want to live. I want to experience beauty and life and joy and peace. And I just don't feel it. That sense of longing, the crying out, we are, we are literally, like Romans 8 says, we are groaning. We are groaning for the next world. And we will groan till the day we die. But there's a way to tap into that. And I believe that's the disciplines. When I can sit on my porch and I create space and I can just be quiet, there's a longing. I feel like the Holy Spirit can reach down and just touch that longing just for a minute and say, it's coming. One day, it's coming. But that is what the disciplines do when you're deep um, Psalm 42 7 says deep calls to deep if you are tired if you're just spiritually tired if you have no joy if you're tired of spinning your wheels and every night when you go to bed you know you have to wake up in the morning and every morning when you go to bed you just dread it and if your life is mundane and old and you're weary you are deep your deep is crying for deep that's what's happening your deep is saying, I've got to have more. That happens in here and as we pursue the spiritual life in Christ. Um, and so disciplined is the way of Christ. Disciplined is the way of the church. And disciplined is the way of the free. Um, I was thinking this morning before I was speaking, this sort of happens to me, but I'm like, I go through this, like, self-loathing where I feel, like, guilty. Like, I'm like, I'm not a very good wife. I'm not a very good mother. You know, like, the enemy wants to, like, sabotage, you know. He just doesn't want me to come up here and speak from my heart. Um, 
So I'm like, oh, I keep trying to do better, and I can't ever be a better mother, and I can't ever be a better wife or a better person. Um, and that's because at the end of the day, willpower runs out. Have you ever tried to just do better? Like, I, I feel like this is typically how we handle our spiritual problems. We just try to do better. But willpower can't make us do it. Can't change our bad habits. Can't break chains. Cannot make us free. Willpower, eh, can't do it. Foster again says, God has given us the disciplines of the spiritual life. I love this. As a means of receiving his grace. So the disciplines aren't about like, you have to do these 14 disciplines and that'll make you better. Nope. It's just about creating space. It creates enough space we can receive his grace. They allow us to place ourselves before God so that he can transform us. It's not about us doing it on our own. And so here's my big analogy of the day, and this is why I was glad the team was here. Um, so 1 Corinthians 9, i to find it really quick. You guys see my Bible? You have to see it. It doesn't even have a cover anymore. It's so great. And I was going to bring a nicer Bible, and I was like, but this one I can find stuff in. And it's all worn so nicely. All right, so 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So when I first read this, I was like, oh, I don't think I can, I think I can preach this. I beat my, my body. Like, that's awful. Um, but Paul is actually um, referring to boxing. So he is making an analogy to the Greeks that they get Olympic games, like they get those games. And so he is specifically referencing the Corinthian games, and he's talking about the competitions of running and boxing. So he's saying, you've got to run with all-out effort to get that prize. Um, and if I'm boxing, I'm not beating my opponent. I literally have to do that to myself in order to stay disciplined I have to, like, put blows against my own body. Um, and if you think about, like, connecting that to Romans 7 and 8, we're, like, literally beating down our flesh, which sounds sort of, like, not cutesy for, like, Sunday morning service, but that's what we're doing. Um, and then I thought about, I think I was studying this on the day Josh went to football practice. I was thinking about these guys and how, have you guys been every day? Do you practice every day during the week? For how long? Like an hour-ish? Two hours. Okay. Imagine how hot it was last week, and imagine these guys, football practice. And I was like, that is discipline. Like, that is discipline. Now, if you, like, let's say I'm like, I'm going to run um, a half marathon, and let's say I just sort of sit on my butt every day, and I just, like, eat whatever I want, and I just don't care, and I just get up, and I'm going to run this race. Am I going to be free to run? No, because my body's going to hold me back. My weight's going to hold me back. My laziness will hold me back. I'll probably never get up and do it. So discipline, like these guys, their work they're putting in now 
the sweating, the running, the training, the exercise, the lifting weights, the teamwork, everything you guys are doing makes you free to play, right? That means day one, you run out into that field, you're free to play because you've been ready. You've been, you've been getting ready. You've entered into this strict training. So they don't look back and they're like, we had to do without all that stuff. They're like, no, that self-denial made me ready for this moment. That's what the spiritual life is like. We discipline ourselves. We carve out the time to receive his grace, to be transformed. So when the thing comes that could potentially wreck us, we're ready. We are ready to be free. We are ready for that moment. That is what the spiritual disciplines look like. So we sacrifice our own comfort and our pleasures of the moment. Yeah, I might want to sleep in. Like for me, I really do have to get up early. To have any amount of quiet time. And it is not fun. I hate it. I hit my alarm like 25 times. Sometimes I still have a kid and I miss it, you know? Um, it's not fun. It's not fun for them. It's practice time. You get to go sweat in 100 degrees. And it's just, is it fun? Is it all the time? Is it super fun? You're like, woo! Sometimes it's not fun. We do it because at the moment it matters, we're free. When it's time for the race, I'm not bogged down by my lack of discipline. Uh, Last quote. You guys know I like quotes. I like quotes. (laughs) I like reading people. I like quoting people. Tony Jones, who's an author, um, I really like. He does a lot of study about sort of ancient practices. Says, disciplining the body and mind by the way of the spiritual practices aids us. It helps us in focusing on what really matters in life being loved by God, serving God, and serving others. And this is why I'm glad we're going into community transformation next. Um, all right, so I'm going to closing. Um, so if we are going to be a people, if we're going to be disciples who are making disciples, we've got to be disciplined. Um, and I say that with no weight on you. I actually say that as, like, the greatest invitation to freedom, like, Carve out the time. You will not regret it. Discipline yourself. Um, And so if Josh said take one step towards community life, I say take one step towards a disciplined life. Find one, one spiritual discipline. And maybe for you, this is how I was. I needed something new. If someone told me anymore to just go read and pray, I was gonna punch someone because I was just over that. Don't hear that I was over reading my Bible, but understand that I was, it was just like, I'm just going to read and pray. What does that even mean? How long? I needed something new. So for me, I, I went and found some things that refresh like my spirit. Like after I do them, I'm like, I'm alive. I'm like, that's how I feel. Find one thing and then do it and don't stop. Even if you miss time, even if you forget to, even if you don't do for like another month, just say, okay, I think I'll try that again. So find one thing, explore it, and keep going no matter what. Um, And this is a big one. Don't try to do it without community. So don't leave the service and be like, all right, I got my plan. I'll have to see you guys for another week. You will fail. (laughs) You cannot have a disciplined life. You cannot have a vibrant Christian life. You cannot thrive in your faith without this. So do not attempt without community. Um, and this is what I love is we, we find this time, this disciplined time with Christ, where he brings us revelation and growth, and then we bring it to the checks and balances of community. 
So let's say in my, in my time with God, like, I feel like he's directing something. Like, he just speaks a word to me, and I'm like, oh, I feel like that's good. Then I bring it to my community, and I'm like, so God spoke this to me. What do you, what do you guys think? Checks and balances. So then the people that know you say, yes, that is so right on for you. Or someone can say, let's explore that a little bit. Let's talk through that. Let's go to the word on that. So it's a checks and balances. Um, so discipline yourself in the context of community, and we will be like Christ. Um, my hope today is that you would just create enough space to hear the longing of your soul. Just be quiet enough to hear what your soul is longing for and then pursue it in Christ through the disciplines. Um, they're not the end. They're just the means to the end. So if they ever become an end, then you've got to go back to the, the whiteboard and erase it. But they are a means to find true freedom in Christ. Um, do you want me to close in prayer or what? Or you want to invite all my teams up? Okay. Um, if, you, um, if the band could come up, if you guys will stand for me. Um, we'll just um, take some time at the end to take a deep breath and be with each other and be with God. Um, Jesus, I thank you um, for the freedom we find in you. And it, it comes at a cost. You know more than us the cost to freedom. And you, you actually, you did most of it. You did the heavy lifting. And so for us, we've just received this gift of more time and more space with you. Um, and so, Lord, help us receive it. Help us let go of maybe the extra things in our life and in our schedule that are bogging us down. It let, let us let go of the things that are maybe more about the American dream than they are about the kingdom. And let us create more time and space to breathe you in and to um, let you pervade all of our day. Lord, I just pray that this time would be a sweet time for everyone in here, that um, their spirit would be stirred in Jesus' name. Prayer teams, if you want to get in place. Uh, if you need prayer right now, this is your opportunity to just get prayed for. And then in a few moments, we're going to pray over the football team um, and eat. So if you guys want to go. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.